It's a beautiful day and a fine time for healing. Podcast host Randy Fine, a narcissistic abuse expert and the author of the groundbreaking book Close Encounters of the Worst Kind and the captivating memoir Cliff Edge Road, invites you into her sanctuary, a place where your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being are all that matter. So put your feet up, relax, and enjoy today's show. And now, here's Randy. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to listen to A Fine Time for Healing. I am your show host, Randy Fine, and today is Free Advice Friday, the day that I take your calls and answer your questions about your narcissistic abuse issues. Also, if you'd like to call in and share a story or share um, an experience, actually, with with the other listeners, feel free to do that. The number to call is 424-220-1801. As listeners, you make the show. So if you're listening and you have a question for me, please call in at 424-220-1801. I wanted to remind all of you that I now have a mobile app called Narcissistic Abuse Awareness. It's available on Google Play and Apple, both of them. And uh, everything that I do, and as soon as I do it, it's all there on the app, as well as two quizzes that you can take. Um, So I hope you'll go there and look around. So... I do have one question from somebody that um, emailed me. Sorry, I'm drinking. The the question is kind of broad, so I'm going to do my best to answer it. How do I heal from a former spouse when my alienated children have developed narcissistic traits? So this is a big question with a lot of information that I can give. So I'll do my best. The first thing I want to share is that all healing has to happen in stages, but it has to be progressive. So this cannot be done something that um, a person goes through on their own. They can't work through this alone. And as I said Hundreds of times, what you know intellectually is not what you feel emotionally. So you can read everything you want. You can learn everything about narcissistic abuse, and you could be an expert on it. But if you have not done the emotional work, which is something you can't do on your own because it's subtle, it's caused by brainwashing. It's caused by mind control. And it's on a subconscious level that you don't, you're not even aware of. So you need a professional like me who knows how to get to that. And until you do, you're not going to even begin to heal. So, but the healing process is something that is Linear, actually, because, you know, we start in one place and we keep moving you to different paths of healing until you're fully healed. And without that, 
there is no healing that's going to take place. A lot of people will, they'll go through a bad relationship or a situation in which they were abused by a narcissist. And over time, it may fade a bit. And they may just say, okay, you know, I'm over it. I ignore it. Um, I put it behind a wall. I drilled it, you know, I stuffed it down somewhere. and I'm okay. I'm moving on. Well, that's not going to work. Because as you know, if you're listening to this, you have probably had more than one experience with a narcissist. And so you will continue to have these experiences. You will continue to be very vulnerable to these predators until you do the healing. So I emphasize this constantly. And the reason that I do is because I know if you begin the healing and it's interrupted and you don't complete it, you will go back into the same patterns. If you don't even begin the process, you won't even start the process. So that's really what I have to say about healing from a former spouse. Now, um, the abuse is very, very serious. This causes psychiatric injury to you. PTSD, complex PTSD, is a psychiatric injury. And that can be rectified. That can be worked through. But until you address it, you're just going to walk around with PTSD or complex PTSD. Complex meaning that this has happened over a period of time. It's not one isolated incident. So everyone who is abused by a narcissist is going to have this trauma problem with PTSD or complex PTSD. There's no way around it. This is a very traumatic um, experience that you have, very traumatic, way more traumatic than you may even realize. Even though you're hurting, you're suffering, you know, you're thinking certain thoughts that don't feel good to you, but you still have no idea how deep this injury goes. These people are not just your average relationship people. They're not even a relationship. They're predators. And as the abused, you are a hostage. You're in a hostage situation, emotional hostage, which is why you found in whatever situation you're in, whether it be in your family or a romantic relationship or employment or a friendship, it's very difficult to just get out of these things. The reason is because a campaign of abuse has been used on you to keep you from leaving. And you are not even aware of half of what happens. Yes, you may, you may be able to remember certain things that were done to you, but there's many more that were done that you have no idea were even done to you. 
So this is very, very serious emotional abuse. In my opinion, probably the worst. I don't know that it gets any worse than this. Having worked with hundreds and hundreds of people, I just know how broken everyone is when they come to me. So how do I heal from a former spouse? Number one, that's the first part of the question. You have to get help. You have to build yourself up. You have to develop boundaries, and you have to develop an inner experience of self-validation, self-appreciation, self-love. And that may sound fluffy to you or ridiculous to you, but when you talk to me, you'll understand. And anyone who has ever worked with me will tell you, it is the foundation of all healing. It is all about you developing what you do not currently have or what is underdeveloped, what is partially developed. Sometimes you have a lot more than you think you do. And it's just a matter of having someone guide you through this process to figure out what you've already developed and what's left over. So you're not going to know that. You just aren't. And in my book, Close Encounters of the Worst Kind, um, there's a whole section on boundaries, self-love, self-validation, how to say no. You know, something everyone says to me is, I'm such a nice person. I don't understand how someone could take advantage of me. And I can't really do what I need to do to go up against this formidable foe. (laughs) Um, So if you're nice and you don't want to do what you need to do to get through this, you're not going to get through it. And, you know, let me say, let me just elaborate more on that. Being nice is wonderful. We should all be nice. We should be loving. We should be generous. But we have to know when to do that and with whom to do that. If we're nice to everybody, we're going to be preyed on time and time again. I think of myself as a very kind, generous, nice person. But I have my boundaries, and I don't allow anyone to cross them. That is not being mean to someone. That's protecting yourself. And therein lies the difference between um, self-love and selfishness. With self-love, you are filling this well inside of you that has been drained, that is dry. You're filling it constantly. And so you have everything to give. Selfishness means you are doing something to deliberately take from someone else. And narcissists will tell you that you're selfish. They will tell you over and over that you're selfish because they say, they tell you who they really are. So when a narcissist is accusing you of something, they are admitting to who they are. They are selfish people. They take, they steal from their targets, their hostages. So that is selfish. 
they're taking and keeping it and depriving the other person of something, no matter how small. Self-love doesn't deprive anyone of, and setting boundaries is not a mean thing to do, to stand up to these people who have been so cruel and have devastated you in such horrific ways. It's not being mean. It's being protective of who you are. And you must be protective of who you are because who else is going to do it? Nobody. Certainly not your abuser. So building this inner experience of self-validation, self-love, boundary systems, um, understanding appropriate ways to uh, navigate situations of saying yes, saying no, um, understanding that just being nice all the time just makes you a doormat. That's all it does. That's inappropriate. And if you think about people that you know or people that you've observed who are successful and doing well in life, you will notice that they have guidelines for their life. They're not just an open sore that anybody can infect. So when you're nice all the time, you are an open sore that anybody can infect. And we don't want to do that. We want to heal that over. And we want to learn how to not re-injure ourselves. But the core of all that is learning to appreciate who you are, value who you are, know who you are, know what you like, what you don't like, know what feels right to you and know what feels wrong to you. And the truth of the matter is, We all know what what feels right and what feels wrong. We just don't pay attention to it. We don't trust it. And the narcissist teaches us not to trust it. So when we feel something, we automatically go into the programming in our head and start reasoning it out. And if we don't do it, the narcissist is going to do it. So we lose that whole ability to trust how we feel. But how we feel is never wrong. The other part of this question is that his alienated children have developed narcissistic traits. Well, parental alienation, children who are victims of parental alienation, do their behavior does mimic narcissism. They seem very selfish. They seem very abusive. But this is not true. They are not necessarily narcissistic. Some are. But the majority of them are not. Mostly what they're doing is coming from tremendous conflict inside of them. They do love both parents, but they're not allowed to love both parents because the narcissist will cut them off. The narcissist, the abuse on them will be horrendous. They'll have so much debt to pay if they do engage with the other parent. And they've also been taught that the other parent is not who they think they are. 
So they get very confused. They don't know which end is up. And this turmoil that goes on inside of the brain of a, of a child or even an adult child who has been alienated is torturous. They are not doing things because they're happy. They are not doing things because they want to hurt you. They're doing it because they've been programmed to do it. And they can't figure out another way. And over time, and it really doesn't take that much time, they cannot see the truth. You are erased from their memory. So you are nothing. The experiences that they had with you, the affection that you exchanged between the two of you, that's erased. You're nobody. So you can imagine how confusing this is, especially for a young child who is being put through this. And a lot of times with young children especially, when they speak, you will hear the narcissist because they will say things they've been told or things that have been um, enforced over and over and over. And they'll say things that your child would, you know your child would never say or, or no child would really say it. It's very difficult to um, restore a relationship with children who have been alienated. And it can be restored. It absolutely can be. And there are ways to do it. And I'm learning more and more about that every day. But really, this is a very, very difficult situation. And unless it is addressed almost immediately, very, very hard to reverse. We hope that our children will grow up and come to terms with this and, and get wise, you know, get wise to what they're doing. They do not. They don't get wise to what they're doing because what they're doing is abusing somebody that they feel is abuse-worthy. Their parent, other parent, has told them that this person is horrible, is abusive, lies, cheats. So you've been made out to be an absolute villain to these children despise because the propaganda that's been put in their head. Um, they can't see past it. And you know how I said earlier in the show that healing is very difficult to do on your own, nearly impossible to do on your own, because you don't know half of what you're thinking on a subconscious level. So you feel like you do. You don't feel like there's anything that you don't know or understand. And this is the exact thing that the child or the alienated child is going through. They think are real. They don't think there's any other way to think. And this is, this is what is so damaging about the narcissist is this abuse. Propaganda is all done on such a subtle level that you don't even know it's there. 
So how can you come to terms with it if you don't know it's there? So, you know, back to um, alienated children. They think that their thoughts are their own. They don't understand the levels, the deep levels of thoughts that are in there that they're not even conscious of. And they're acting from these unconscious messages. We all do that. We all act and run our lives mainly by unconscious messages. These are things that have been, we've had in us for years and years and years, way back to childhood. These are messages we've been given, good, bad, otherwise. These are accusations that have been made against us, telling us that we are less than, less than even good or acceptable. Um, narcissistic parents put lots and lots of messages in there that play we're not even aware of them. We don't know they're playing. So I'm trying to illustrate to you how we can think we're okay and not be okay. So the alienated children think that they're making their own decisions. They don't know that they've been programmed to think a certain way against the other parent. And this is very sad because this is, this is horrible abuse that will impact everything these children ever do for the rest of their life. They will never have a good relationship. They will never know how to parent children if they decide to have them. They will be miserable and never understand why, and at the same time, feel hatred for a parent that does not deserve it. And that hatred is poison to them. That's poison to their system. They're walking around with this toxicity inside of them, thinking about this other parent, having such malice against this other parent. So if you are going through Parental, alien, a parental alienation situation with your children. Instead of judging them and being angry at them, try to be compassionate. This is not really about you. It's about the narcissist running a campaign to destroy you. It's not about who you are. It's not about anything you've ever done or said. It's not about you being a good person or a bad person. It's not about you being an adequate or inadequate parent. None of those things apply. It's about the narcissist who, once you leave or they leave you, you are smeared in every possible way they can. And this can go on for the rest of their life. They won't let that go. They are going to punish you. <clears throat> How do we punish What's the best way to punish somebody? Steal their children. Take your children away from you. There's no nothing worse that can be done. And I have many clients who are going through this in all different stages. Um, you know, I always say that before you leave a narcissist, there has to be a plan, a strategy. 
especially if you have children. Because if you don't, you risk, there's a very high risk of parental alienation occurring. There's other reasons why you have to have a plan. And even if you don't have children, you still must have a plan. You cannot just walk out, hard as that is. You have to have somebody advise you of the strategy. And the strategy is something you would never figure out on your own because it's counterintuitive. Everything about this is counterintuitive. Nothing is as it seems. The way you would react in other situations is not. It's opposite of the way you should react when you're dealing with a narcissist. So you have to learn the behavior. So I have some time if you want to call in, if you're listening live and you would like to call in. It's 424-220-1801. I know that I am hitting some soft spots in many of you because this is so rampant. And if you are going through this, this is excruciating. This is torturous. And it's hard to even continue with your life. It's really hard to keep moving forward when this is happening to you. You need tremendous amount of support. Even if your children never come, <clears throat> come back to you, you still need somebody to support you. You need somebody to talk to, to share your feelings with, because if you don't do that, what happens is you bottle them up because nobody else is going to believe you and nobody else is going to listen to you. So you have no choice but to archive these feelings, bottle them up, keep them inside. And when you put your feelings behind walls, eventually a crack builds in that wall, like in a dam. And the poisonous thoughts, the poisonous feelings will come leaking through, first gradually, a little bit trickling through at a time. And then the dam, the wall to the dam bursts. And you're confronted with all these feelings that have been inside of you. And when it bursts, two, one of two things happen, or maybe both of these things happen. You can create a, you can develop a very serious mental illness, or you can develop a very serious physical illness. But I can guarantee you that one or the other, if not both, will happen. So we, as human beings, we are not built to keep our feelings in. Our bodies don't allow it. They don't want it. At some point, they're going to reject it. So when you're hurting, you must talk to people about this. You must get validation and support for what you're experiencing. Otherwise, you're going to end up very, very sick and debilitated. And I've seen horrible things happen to people who have done this. It's just the way our bodies and our minds work. We can't pack it away. 
you know, if we've been abused as children by narcissists, we have packed it away for many years, which is why all of a sudden it just feels intolerable. You can't, you feel like you can't go one more second with the way that you feel. And that's why you begin exploring, trying to figure out what is wrong, what this is. And somehow you come upon narcissistic abuse and there's your aha moment. But there's a lot that's been packed away inside of you. And many people don't even remember their childhoods or they don't remember many things about their childhood. But what I find is after one session with me, and I don't know, this could be with every other um, coach, therapist, counselor, whatever. This could be the same with them. I don't know. I just can only speak for what happens with me. But after one session, things come bubbling up to the surface and memories you begin to remember. But don't let that scare you because you're only going to remember or you're only going to be shown the amount that you can deal with, which is why this happens in stages. So you can feel really good. You can work through this and feel really good, but it's going to come up again and other things are going to come up. And until all these things are up and out, you will not be healed. You may feel better and you may develop strategies for living your life, but you have to understand that it's going to get you time and time again, as it has me. And even at the place where I'm at, years and years of healing and emotionally very well, um, it still comes out in physical things, strange physical things that have no explanation or root. And when they come up, I know this is another layer coming out. So they're still coming out of me, but I'm aware of what they are and why they're there. And I don't get upset about it, and I don't put too much value or energy into the thoughts because this has happened so many times over the years that I just know. And the less attention I give to it, the quicker it resolves itself. But um, so if you're thinking that, you know, you're going to get help and too much is going to come up and you're not going to be be able to handle it, that's incorrect. You have a subconscious mind, an unconscious mind that protects you. And if you've gone through narcissistic abuse and you have not become psychotic, you can thank your unconscious mind for that. Because your, your unconscious, subconscious, I don't really know what the difference is, but um, there, there may be a difference. It has protected you. It has given you um, ways to deal with this, with the abuse. But the problem is the ways that your, that your subconscious gives you are not healthy. They're temporary. So, yes, it allows you to move forward during the time. But then that becomes a pattern for you in the way that you deal with other problems. And so you have a chain of this pattern doing this over and over and over again. 
because your subconscious mind is not teaching you healthy coping mechanisms. So I hope you're beginning to understand the depth of what all this is about. And when you go through life and you repeat patterns, it's because you don't, you've never been taught how to deal with life. You may think you know how to deal with life, but if you're angry, if you're depressed, without, and I don't mean if you, not having a depressive illness. I'm not, I'm not talking about having a depressive illness or being bipolar or something like that. But, you know, if you're suffering these emotions, a lot of people suffer anger. Um, anger is a sign that something is just chewing you up inside. And speaking of anger, it's really okay to be angry. There's, there's nothing wrong with getting angry. But walking around angry, living angry, these are not good for you. And there's signs that something is going on on a deeper level. So it's important to have somebody guide you through this whole host of syndromes, symptoms, um, experiences. It's just so important because you can't do it. The programming is way, way too deep. If anybody would like to call in and speak with me, it's 424-220-1801. I look forward to hearing from you. Last show I did, I got a couple of calls, and it was really great. Um, This time, maybe I'm hitting on such a deep level that nobody really wants to talk. They just want to listen, and that's okay. I understand that. And I had no idea I was going to talk about this. I, as I've told you before, I don't know what I'm going to talk about when I get, when I get on. So if I have callers, um, that will guide me in that direction. If I don't, I'm guided by some other force. I don't really know. And I just start talking. So I didn't know that I was going to talk about such deep things. But it really was... Um, precipitated by the question, how do I heal from a former spouse when my alienated children have developed developed narcissistic traits? And so, as I said in the beginning, that is so multi-layered. There is no one answer to that. This is a process. This is is, um, an undoing, a deprogramming. You know, people that walk out of cults, if they can walk out, often they don't. Often they die with the, with the cult leader. But those who find a way out do not adjust to life until they have some kind of intervention to deprogram and reprogram. Narcissistic abuse is just like that. It is a cult. It is like being in a cult. You have been sucked into something that you don't realize. You believe in it, and it's destroying you. And it may totally destroy you. Um, 
you know, and while you're destroyed, narcissists live on and on. It's really amazing to me. They will, many of them will live long lives because they just, they will themselves to keep going. Their will is so powerful that they keep going. So, you know, and I've talked about my parents. I talk about them in my books. Um, but I'll just, you know, just kind of share with you that um, I have a mother who is 92 and a father who is 97. Um, my mother is the narcissist. My father is the enabling spouse that has turned to mush. He's a puppet. He is, there's no self there whatsoever. After years and years of marriage, he just doesn't even know what the truth is. And even if he's shown the truth, he can't hold on to that truth for more than 10, 15 minutes before he reverts back to the way of thinking. And my parents have really no reason to live, and they're both sick. And their children have all pulled away from them because they've driven them away. And they can barely function. I don't know how they're functioning. But they are. And it goes on and on. Years pass where this keeps going. You know, there's many times I really thought my mother was going to kill my father. Um, and then she would have been mad at him that he died. But, you know, I mean, she, she pulled him out of a hospital. She, when he was in the hospital with sepsis in his 90s, and she was home. She was pissed that he was in the hospital getting attention, and she ordered him to come home. And guess what he did? He checked himself out of the hospital with sepsis and went home. Because he has no other way to, to deal with this. He can't think another way, and she is his lifeline. So he can't go up against her. You know what narcissistic rage is. You know how how that fury in your face can be. It's terrifying. Nobody wants to experience that. And after years and years of just buying into it and placating, you know, you just don't even have a self anymore. You just, you just can't even, it doesn't even, you don't even think for yourself anymore. It's not, you don't have the privilege of thinking for yourself anymore because there's punishment when you do. Um, people ask me how I do this work. And they say, how do you deal with this work day in and day out? And, you know, I don't know exactly how I do it. All I know is that there's nothing else I could do because it's such a passion for me. And because I understand this, I understand the narcissist and I understand the syndrome caused by the narcissist. I understand what you all go through. There's nothing I don't understand about it. Nothing. There's no question I can't answer. I know this like I know, as the expression says, the back of my hand. It's, to me, it's just like that. And years ago, um, I could not have done this work because I was codependent. I was 
empathic without any any ability to control that. And I was a helper, as most of you are. I was a helper and a giver. And what do you, what do you find when you don't have self-love is that you give and you're worn out every time you do because it's coming from nothing. You can't give from nothing. But that's what we all do. And we want to be givers. We all want to be givers. We want to help other people. But you have to fill yourself up first. And then you can do the work, the kind of work I do at the level that I do it. Yes, some people, you know, some situations are more difficult than others to deal with. But I'm not there to share other people's pain. I'm, to, I'm there to help them overcome their pain in a positive way. And so if I absorb it, I can't help them. So I have to remove myself from the situation while I am deeply empathetic and compassionate. I cannot carry this with me. And sometimes I do, and then I have to cleanse my energy, <laughs> get, get rid of it, because otherwise I'm going to feel lousy. So I know if something's been too heavy for me, I will cleanse my energy afterwards. But, you know, I have tools. I know how to do this. And um, it can be tiring, but I want to help all of you because I understand how horrible this abuse is, how it is the worst. When I went to a therapist years ago, and she never even really identifies my mother as being a narcissist, although she threw it out there for just as I was walking out, she just kind of threw it out there, and I never really understood it as most of you don't, because when you hear the word narcissist, you think of somebody who's self-absorbed, but not victimizing people because of it. So trying to remember where I I was going with this. Um, So my therapist, um, well, she told me a couple of things that I learned from her. Uh, One of the things was she said, Randy, your walls are either all the way down or all the way up and you have no flexibility. How many of you can relate to that? Either you are completely vulnerable or you are completely closed off. Neither one is good. There has to be flexibility and boundaries are not walls. Walls are not boundaries. They're two very different things. Having walls means you are blocking, you are boxing it in, you are burying it. You are creating a situation where it is not accessible to you anymore. And as I told you, that doesn't work. It may work for short periods of time, but down the road, it is not going to work. Um, So boundaries are... They're very personal. It's about what is right for you in your life, what feels good, what doesn't feel good, what what you're willing to allow into your space, into your mind. It's a protective barrier that you put up, not to keep people out in general, but to filter toxicity from your life. And it is a... 
learned skill. Children who grow up in normal houses without narcissistic parents are taught boundaries because their parents have boundaries. And we know children learn from what they see. So children who grow up in these homes just grow up with boundaries. So if you know people who just seem to get through life and just seem to know how to protect themselves that way, um, it's because it was built into them. Not built into you. It is the most foreign thing ever to understand, as is self-love, two very foreign concepts. It usually will take me a few sessions with somebody to really drive those things home, what they are and how, they, how someone can apply them in their own life and why it's so important to apply them in your own life. So my motto is no toxic people. I don't allow it in. Took me years. You know, I didn't have anybody like me to help me heal from this. I did it from the ground up, and it took me a long time to do it. And I value my mental health more than anything. So nothing is going to interrupt that, nothing. And I mean nothing. Anything, anybody that messes with my mental health or my peace and quiet or my whatever, you know, things that, keep me going um, they either got to change or they got to go because this has been so hard earned and you know with you the advantage that you would have now if you worked with me is you'd be done with this in a few months done with it I mean done with it um If you go to a typical psychologist or psychiatrist, you will be years working on this and you will not ever get to the core of the problem. I start with the core. I get to it and work work it out. And I do it very quickly. And people who cannot even believe they ever feel better, after a couple months are like, you know, I can tell they have nothing more to talk about. And I graduate them. That's my happy day is graduating my clients. I want to graduate them as fast as I possibly can. I want people to move on with their lives. I don't want them to to need me. I want them to have everything that they need within themselves to move forward in life. And that's what I give. If you don't already have my book, Close Encounters of the Worst Kind, um, I do want to highly recommend you get it. I'm not recommending it because I want to make tons of book sales. I'm recommending it because you need it. And there is not a book out there like this. Not one. Because when I was writing this book, I went through every possible thing that involved narcissistic abuse, narcissists, every single possible detail. And I made an outline. And the things that I didn't know, I researched and learned. So every facet of narcissistic abuse, recognizing it, 
who the narcissist is, seeing it in different case studies of different types of relationships like family, parents, sibling, um, friend, um, spouse, every kind of relationship you could ever have. You can read about yourself because I tell the story of someone who's gone through that. I also explain every mechanism that's been used against you and why you are suffering. And I, under, I explain to you why it's so hard to leave, why they keep pulling you back. And I talk about no contact, limited contact. And I even go into that, whether it's with somebody uh, you know or you know, a spouse or something like that, or a family member. It's different with each one. I share the difference. I tell you how to, how to talk on the phone to a narcissist. I tell you how to spend time with a narcissist or not. And then I give you the tools for healing. The things that I've been talking about today. That when you read it, you will understand what you've been saying to yourself and not even realizing that you're saying. So um, that leads me back to the topic of self-love because self-love means that you treat yourself better than anybody could ever treat you. Self-love means that you wouldn't do to yourself or you wouldn't do to others Let me just reverse that. You wouldn't do to others what you do to yourself, what you say to yourself, the way you beat yourself up. And anything that you say, the should'ves, could'ves, would'ves, why didn't I, or I, you know, or I should have known better. How could, why didn't I see it? Why didn't I get out sooner? All these questions that you beat yourself up over, Every time you do it, you're hurting yourself and you're reversing any ability you have to love yourself because loving yourself means being kind. It means that everything you think or say to yourself is kind. And listen, we all get into patterns where we might say things and beat ourselves up, but the thing is to be able to recognize it and to stop it to say, okay, I said that to myself, wow, okay, I, I'm not going to do that anymore. Or I recognize that I said that to myself and that it is unloving. So I'm not going to hurt myself that way anymore. So um, another um, aspect of this healing is mindfulness. And you probably hear that word thrown around a lot. Mindfulness means just being mindful of things that you need to be mindful of. And in this case, it's about being mindful of the thoughts that go through your head and the things that you tell yourself. And when you begin to notice these things, you won't believe how hard you hurt, how bad you are to yourself, how much you hurt yourself. You won't believe it. And most of these things that roll around in your head are just messages that were told to you that you believed. I, you know, I'm still finding things that 
my mother told me that I believed as gospel, truth, absolute truth, that I look at it now and I go, that was a total lie. That was a total fabrication. That is not true. But I've walked through life with some of these things and I'm still carrying them. And it's like, mom, you lied. You lied to me again and again and again. So um, these revelations to me now are, you know, well, it's validating, but it's a little bit humorous as, as well now because I just think how outrageous some of the things I was supposed to believe were that she gave me, that I was supposed to believe. Outrageous. But you all have those things. And you may not know the difference between what is truth and what has been programmed into you. So um, we're coming down to the end. I want to thank you for listening. I want to also remind you again to go to my app, Narcissistic Abuse Awareness. Download it. I hope you like it. And I really hope you leave me a review. Um, Same goes for my books. The other book I have is Cliff Edge Road. Cliff Edge Road is my memoir. And if you want to know what my journey was, you read that book because you will know. You will learn exactly what I went through and what I had to overcome to get to where I am. And you'll see yourself in many of these things. Um, But it's written in a way that's very, very um, readable. Most people read it in one day, even though it's, not really meant to be read in one day, but most people can't put it down. So um, you'll enjoy that as well. And I would really appreciate you leaving me reviews from both of my books, Close Encounters of the Worst Kind and Cliff Edge Road. When you leave reviews, other people see them and know that that's something that they trust. So I'm asking you to just do that little extra for me when you think about it um, and go to the app. So on Tuesday, Tuesday the 17th, I have Kevin Murphy coming on. Kevin Murphy was on my show several years ago, and he's one of those guests I never, ever forgot because his message was so powerful and life-changing and simplistic, all those things. So I want you to tune in and listen to Kevin Murphy on um, November 17th at 11 a.m. Eastern. And then after the show, as soon as the, the show is over, it's, it goes into a recorded version, and you, can, and you can listen to that at any time you want to. So it will always be there for you. Um, and then my next Narcissistic Abuse show, uh, Free Advice Friday, is going to be, you hear me turning my pages, pages it's going to be um, December 11th, 11 a.m. Eastern, Call 424-220-1801. Gather your questions together. If you can't call in, email me at loveyourlifeatrandyfine.com. And I'll read it just like I read the other one, and I will answer it, and I will let you know that I've answered it. So uh, lots of things for you to, um, to be aware of. And uh, I wish you a beautiful weekend. I wish you – I guess we won't be talking – in this capacity uh, until after Thanksgiving. So if you're celebrating Thanksgiving in America, I wish you um, a day filled with gratitude and love. 
And may joy and serenity always be yours. Goodbye. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Visit randyfine.com, R-A-N-D-I-F-I-N-E.com, and be sure to sign up to receive updates on the latest blog posts, events, and upcoming shows. Thank you for listening.